As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Conversations with Daniel Noor. Tackling the tough questions on cradio.org.au. Hello, Cradio listeners. My name is Daniel Noor, and when I entered the Catholic Church on September the 21st, 2013, I brought all my confusion, anxiety, and uncertainty right in with me. As a young journalist searching for the truth, every week I'll be interviewing an expert on a hot topic, trying to get straight answers on the moral, political, and social issues of the day. I invite you to join me and to have your questions about today's tough topics answered as well. This is Conversations with Daniel Noor. This week, I am privileged to sit with a climate pioneer. Her name is Ursula Rakova, and she's here representing her people, the small island nation off the coast of PNG, Papua New Guinea. It's called the Carteret Islands. It continues the kind of emphasis that we've previously brought you in episodes with Caritas Australia's Head of Advocacy and Communications about the impact of climate-induced migration. Ursula is seeing that on the front lines. And Ursula, I'm privileged to have you with me today. How are you? Good morning, Daniel. I'm very well, thank you. Ursula, I think uh, Australians have been hearing more and more, perhaps in an offhand way, but sometimes explicitly on our screens and on our radio waves, that there are communities being forced out of their homes because of the impact of climate change. And so I want you to tell me a little bit now just about what is going on and how you see climate change as a justice issue and not just some kind of abstract scientific event, but an issue of justice. Thank you. Um, my name is Ursula again, and I come from Katrit, a small um, atoll island in 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 Bougainville, in Papua New Guinea, my people have been going under um, climate change, um, environmental damages since the 1980s. Um, how I see climate change as a climate uh, climate change is a justice issue is that climate change destroys um, the community's right to live um, on an atoll that they have grown and lived for so many generations. It is a justice issue because um, it is coupled with human rights. The people do not have the right to live on those islands anymore. They are not able to grow the food that they once grew and survived on. They will not be able to um, practice the cultural significances of their lives that they had entered for so many years. We have cultural taboos that are no longer able to practice. And these taboos have been principles of justice for many generations. Um, the elderly ones had a significant role to play um, in the lives of, um, of the community. Nowadays, these taboos are being broken because the mm. young people are also experiencing injustices that mm. is being caused by climate change because their land is no longer there. The lands that they grew their food on is not there anymore. We have lost so many um, meters of land because it is being washed away. And this causes 
um, law and order issues in our community. A community that was peaceful, a community that once did not um, enjoy um, alcohol and homebrew and even uh, marijuana that is coming into a community. This is being mm. brought about because of the change that is affecting um, the islands today. So Ursula, just to reiterate then for our listeners, what you're saying is that the impact of climate change, especially the rising seas, the coastal erosion and the salination of the soil, which prevents the growth of agriculture of any kind, means that the social conventions of the people of the Carteret Islands, an atoll off the coast of Bougainville, are changing. And that traditional structures, for example, the role of leadership adopted by the elderly, are now being undermined because young people too are seeing that their futures, their futures are fundamentally at risk. And that there has been a kind of, if you like, maybe a degeneration and that there have been kind of uh, insidious impacts, including alcohol and drug abuse in your community as a way of coping with the, lo- the sense of a loss of hope. Is that right? It is dramatically changing the lives of the young generation of today. Um, you look at marijuana. It is being taken because the young people are looking for a way out of their hunger. They are looking for a way out is to employ themselves, mm. to have a purpose in life. Mm. Um, they are looking for a way out because um, it is a feeling of anxiety every day. What 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 is the what does the future hold for me as a young people and as as a as an islander of the island? Um, so all this is destroying the very fabrics of why we are islanders and we live on those islands. Mm. And it will continue to, to be an issue for us. So it is a climate change issue. Um, how can justice be seen to be done? Um, so our, our older and elder generation is beginning to question this. Why is climate change, um, why are we victims to climate change? What have we done? Have we caused anybody any harm? We have not done that. But it is an issue that we will have to deal with in the many more generations to come. And, and we continue to do that. We, we continue to, to build, um, to build in, um, programs that can help our young people. Um, if we move to, um, to safer grounds on mainland Bougainville, how do we deal with, with this issue? Um, mm. Because we know we are moving to areas on mainland Bougainville where marijuana and homebrew mm. um, are predominantly um, an abuse in, in culture. And, and maybe society. even worse, probably. Even, even worse. So your concern is twofold. It's both about the future of the island from an economic point of view and also more, maybe more fundamentally the, the well-being of the community and the loss of culture. It is predominantly the well-being of my community and the loss of culture. How do we preserve that? Uh, what will we do to continue to preserve our culture um, on the island as well as um, in locations we are moving to? Ursula, that is a very troubling development. And you say that this has been happening since the 80s? This is um, homebrew and marijuana has has been happening since after the civil war on Bougainville. The show, when was that? Um, 
And and you see that climate, you know, the effects of climate change, especially the 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 shape and and well being and and the the rhythms of island life being changed dramatically are linked linked to this to this this desire for an escape that you see with the use of marijuana. Is that right? Very much so. Um, we we have brought in families who had um, older children as well, and and that was an issue we we are also dealing with. Um, I'm I'm now um, happy to say that we are beginning to control um, the issue of marijuana and homebrew in our little community in Timpots that is on Bougainville because we, we continue to develop guidelines as to how commun- our community should be living um, accordingly in our new community. So we are beginning to take that under control. But we also need to think about that, the other three locations. Mm. What do we do? And so the... The places where you're moving, including the, mainland Bougainville. The places where we are moving that is in, in, in Bougainville. And also, how do we deal with the host community? Yes, the host community. Yes. Ursula, you have an organization and you founded it with these ends in mind. And it's called, and you're going to hear now some shocking pronunciation, so I warn you in advance, to Lele Peze. Can you tell me what the organization stands for, which you founded? Tulele Pesa um, means sailing the waves on our own. In 2001, the elders and chiefs of the Catrids were looking for a way out of um, climate change and impacts that was causing uh, disastrous impacts to their lives. And so um, they initiated Tulele Pesa. And I, I happened to be there. Um, I had experience working with NGOs previously in, in Papua New Guinea, and so they asked me to, to start organizing. So we, I helped organize, and, and I founded the organization with the help of the elders and chiefs. And so in 2006-2007, um, between that period to 2009, we, we had a lot of organizing, we had a lot of um, um, community um, mobilization work to do with the islanders and also the host communities that we um, um, presumed would be willing to help us. And in that search for land, the Catholic Church came to our rescue. In 2007, the Catholic Diocese in Bougainville gifted us four plantations that were run down because of the crisis. Mm-hmm. And so we were asked, and um, we were asked and welcomed by the host community in Timpots to come in and redevelop this plantation so that we, we we were able to grow our own food. And this is what what's happening now. Um, mm-hmm. But looking back over the last eleven years of establishing the organization, establishing sustainable livelihood programs, establishing food security and land use management programs has been very long and winding mm. um, road. It wasn't easy for us. We had to um, negotiate with the government in Bougainville as well as in Papua New Guinea to recognize um, the efforts of the islanders, the, the efforts of the organization, what the organization meant um, 
meant to the government of Bougainville and what it meant to the people of, of the island. We, we needed to do a lot of advocacy programs, which meant that we, um, we were initially and um, importantly were looking at um, young um, environmental people speaking to so that we got speaking to her, you say, yes. so going from location to location to, to advocate, uh, involving the youth of Katret and the youth of uh, Timpuch, the host community, and getting them to other districts in Bougainville to share their experiences um, on climate change and what it, it's doing to their lives. But finding a way that young people can work together mm. and 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 find solutions as to what they were looking for in their lives. And what are some of those solutions, Ursula? Can you tell me what can be done now? I mean, it, it's, it's a drastic thing to hear that the land, is un, the land is untenable. Nothing can be grown on the land, I mean, in certain locations. Can, can anything be done to reverse that? On, on cartridge, we are not able to grow the food that we are now growing in our new location. And the young people were very instrumental in in going to the media, talking to the Bougainvilleans about accepting this new uh, group of people who who can also become uh, industries in their lives, who can also grow a lot of food and sustain their own lives. And those were the main impacts of the speaking tours. And then we also got into the, um, the uh, elderly and chiefs learning exchanges where we brought in um, uh, chiefs and elders from Bougainville, the host communities, down to the cartridge. We left them there for two weeks so that they can basically undergo the experiences of the islanders. And when they returned, they actually started to advocate for the, um, the hardships that the islanders were going through to their own people. So we, we, we saw this as very... Um, effective tools for advocacy. Mm. Mm. Are there higher levels of advocacy, advocacy rather that need to be done, not just between the islands of Papua New Guinea, but from the large emitters of carbon, like Australia? I mean, you've said that there, there is a link between climate change and the, and, and, the cha and the environmental changes that are happening to your daily life, I mean, that you can see. So what, so what can be done? I mean, do you feel that we are responsible as a nation for what your island is going through? Tulele Pesa has been represented in, in a lot of international forums. Um, we, we have represented the people in four uh, UNF triple C's, in, in, in four co-ops. Um. Co-ops, you know, it's kind of gatherings of... of, yes. of, of countries for UN summits about climate change. Yes, we we started to represent the organization and the Catholic people in, in Bali in 2008, um, in Cancun in Mexico, um, in Copenhagen, in Paris, um, and uh, we basically were looking, um, um, we, we presented uh, the Catholic people is, is, is the most vulnerable people and, and that their culture is being destroyed because of impacts of uh, sea level rise and climate change. And we have advocated um, in a lot of other international um, forums. Um, and we feel that um, the international community 
is fully aware of the situation we are going through. Um, and the international community needs to act. Uh, what is happening on the cartridge as well as in the Pacific? Um, you look at Kiribati, Tuvalu, um, Marshall Islands, um, Fiji, um, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu. They are going through the same fate. The mm. islanders are also going through the same fate. And we have advocated, um, and we have a network, um, of Pacific Islanders and, and, and Alaska. Because when the snow melts in Alaska, the islands in the Pacific are going down. Mm. Just the Pacific. Maldives is also the Maldives, yeah, yes, going yes. through the same thing. And so we are advocating. We, we continuously advocate. Um, but the financing, the climate financing that is supposed to help, help us in the small island states, is not helping us. Mm. There is hardly anything, and and it's, mm. the COP started in 1992. Mm. And what is happening? You're not seeing the money. We are not seeing the money. Where is it going to? And when is it going to to help us? We need to find a way. We we are finding own solutions to 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 this impact. Yes, yes. And we need to be supported. Yes, as and we need to be supported. You say as a kind of moral responsibility for the nations that are producing this crisis. It is not just justice being done. It, it is moral justice that needs to, to happen and it needs to be done. Yes. And Ursula, you're here in Brisbane today um, at a gathering of Pacific Island nations to advocate. And are you meeting with members of Australian Parliament? Yes, we will, meet, we will be meeting um, members of the Australian Parliament today. And I hope they look at our challenges. For me, I've come here to to present the challenges of the relocated families, the challenges of Tulele Pesa as an organization that's been helping these people for the last 11 years, and the challenges of the host community, how they see us. Um, because one of the things I want to present is that um, although we, we have been relocated, we don't want to see ourselves as a special people in the host community. Um, I, I, want, I want us to, to be seen as, as equal players, the relocated families and the host communities. So if help is coming to us as a relocated family, that help also needs to go widely to to support the host community as well, so that the host community continue to feel and own the relocation process in our new location. Yes, and that, so that they can be at you know better place to receive a group of migrants, really, a group of migrants. Do you think Australia should be receiving the Carteret people to I, live long term? I at, at the moment, I don't see um, Carteret Islanders moving to Australia because it is completely a different culture. We are happy to move to Bougainville because we are closest, very closest neighbors. Our culture is similar, and it basically means we, we are moving to a community that is willingly going to accept us. Yes. So far, we, um, we, we are also uh, given observer status within the host community, um, so that we we have our own um, traditional culture within the society in, in Tinput. and so we um, we are we are given this status so that we vote as 
as a new group of people in the community and we take part in the cultural and social ceremonies. What about the future, Ursula? Can you tell me what gives you hope for the future? Because there is a lot to give you fear. <laughs> I, I see the future is very blink. Um, very bleak, you say? Yeah, because it, it doesn't, um, to me, it doesn't give hope when um, countries that are, are developed and are continuing to be developed continue the practice they, they are going on about today. And because if they continue to do, to practice that, if they continue to mine coal, yes, and continue to invest in coal, there is no future for small island states in the Pacific and anywhere else. And those communities will be gone before the 21st century ends. If we want to see the the, these communities, these affected communities continue to live and enjoy the life that everybody else enjoys on earth, we need to seriously think about developing policies that is going to um, safeguard the displaced peoples of the world. And if we don't do that, the displaced peoples of the world, climate-impacted people will not have a future. Do you mean divestment from coal, investing in other kinds of sustainable energy, governments and various corporations saying we will no longer depend on the coal industry, not just as a source of our own energy, but as a, as a shareholder where we, you know, we, we gain profit? Is that one of the solutions? General individuals of the world who are currently investing in uh, mining coal and, and other um, mineral extraction um, development need to take their money out of these companies. They need to, to divest into um, solar energy. They need to divest into clean development energy where the uh, most vulnerable communities will be saved. Yes. Ursula, you have given us some very clear, well, some, some clear solutions to a a long overdue uh, response. So we hope very much that your meeting here today with the leaders of Australia is successful in Brisbane. We stand uh, with your people in a sense of solidarity. I know that there are a number of organisations, Australian organisations and Pacific partnerships that you are now a member of and that you're being represented through and being supported by, in part, including um, Caritas Australia and various others. And we pray that that work continues. And we just thank you very much. Can, can you tell me, maybe just in closing, does your faith give you a sense that there are some solutions? I mean, are you a person of faith yourself, Ursula? Does your Christian faith give you a sense of hope? Pope Pius talks about... Um the Laudato Si. Um, Pope Francis. Uh, for, yeah, Pope Francis. And that message is very clear. Protect and preserve Mother Earth. And this is a message that is very clear. Divest in coal mining and other exploitive mining operations. And serve protect and continue 
to protect the ecology of the of the world so that generations to come will also enjoy the same enjoyment that we enjoy today mm, the same access well Ursula Rakova thank you so much for your time today it's been a pleasure for me to speak with you thank you so much you're most welcome And to our listeners, I say thank you for listening to Conversations with Daniel Noor. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe to Conversations by searching iTunes for Cradio or for Conversations with Daniel Noor wherever you download your podcasts. You can also share it with a friend who might be interested in this issue, this issue of climate justice and specifically the lives of the people of the Carteret Islands. Can you also do us a favour, please? Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It means that we can get the good word out there because more people will see this podcast and finally subscribe to the cradio newsletter by clicking subscribe on cradio.org.au bye you've been listening to an episode of conversations with daniel noor and for more episodes of conversations and for more talks interviews and shows visit cradio.org.au